0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we welcome you this morning to our Feast of Title, All Souls. And you get a, a double whammy today because it's the commemoration of all faithful departed. And we're celebrating that with what's known as a Requiem Mass, uh, which is a mass for the dead. The word Requiem Uh, means rest the service begun with uh, these words eternal rest grant to them O Lord and let light perpetual shine upon them so what I want to do this morning is I want to focus in on four aspects of all souls Uh, talk about really four things that we're doing uh, this morning uh, always in our worship, if we really believe that we're joining uh, angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, it's something that is always a bit beyond our grasp. There's, there's an inherent mystery uh, in, of course, the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and the worship of the church, but I want to try to focus in on, you know, th- there's infinite things that are going on, really, but on four things that we're doing today uh, on All Souls Day, Well, one, as the the name of the uh, feast suggests, we are commemorating uh, the faithful departed. Uh, Two, we are commending the souls of the faithful departed to Almighty God, that in his mercy, he would purify their souls and bring them to the highest heaven, that they would attain to the beatific vision. Three, we are reminding ourselves of the truth, namely that there is more to life than the here and now. There's more to life than this present age. And finally, number four, we are anchoring ourselves in hope the hope of the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. First, uh, the commemoration. Now, All Souls' Day is not the same as All Saints' Day. All Saints, as we learned about last week, hopefully, is for those of heroic sanctity and virtue, those known uh, throughout the church, uh, the the dead in Christ made perfect, who stand uh, for the whole church for all time as exemplars, as worshipers, and as intercessors. All Souls, on the other hand, which goes back to the 10th century, is a day set aside to remember the rest of the faithful, our brothers and sisters in Christ, whom we love and see no longer. We commemorate them. That that is, we remember them. We, We honor them. We celebrate them. And we take solace in the fact that the body of Christ is not torn asunder by death. And that the dead in Christ are indeed alive to God. And that at the foot of the cross, before the altar, before the throne of God, we take solace in the fact that we are brought near to them and they to us. For God is the God of the living, and not of the dead. Second, the commendation, commending the souls of the faithful departed to God. On All Souls Day and in a requiem Eucharist, we commend the souls of the departed to Almighty God, entrusting them to His mercy, goodness, and love. So, whereas on All Saints, historically for the church, all On all saints, the emphasis is on the prayers of the dead for the living, the communion of saints. On all souls, uh, it's the converse. The emphasis is on the prayers of the living for the dead. Now, perhaps you've noticed in in the prayers of the people, uh, uh, every week there's prayers for the departed. And if you haven't uh, noticed that heretofore, You're definitely going to pick up on that today. C.S. Lewis, the trump card, right? C.S. Lewis, in letters to Malcolm, writes this on prayers for the dead. He says, of course I pray for the dead. The action is so spontaneous, so all but inevitable, that only the most compulsive theological case against it would deter me. And I hardly know how the rest of my prayers would survive if those for the dead were forbidden. At our age, he's up in years at this point, at our age, the majority of those we love best are dead. What sort of intercourse with God could I have if what I love best were unmentionable to him? So what is it that we're doing in on All Souls Day, in a Requiem Mass, in petitions for the dead. Well, at the very least, what we're doing is this. Paul Paul says in 2 Corinthians uh, 5, verse 10, that we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account for the deeds done in the body, whether good or evil. So at one level, again, at the very least, what we're doing is asking God to have mercy on the departed, to to be merciful to them on the day of judgment. If you guys want to run out and get some ice cream uh, real quick, uh, feel free. We are asking God that he he would purify the souls of the faithful departed and bring them to perfection that they would attain to the vision of God. Now, this isn't an argument. Don't misunderstand me. This isn't an argument for a medieval purgatorial system. But it is recognizing uh, that there is such a thing as post-mortem sanctification, that God has to, has to prepare us to be in his unmitigated presence, that any sort of immaturity or, or impurity uh, in our soul or imperfection, he has to bring it to us so that, can, so that we can survive seeing him face-to-face. What does the Bible say? If we see God face-to-face in our present state, what does scripture say? No one can see God and live. I try to think of it as uh, theological acclimatizing. Now, we're all at sea level. So if we were able to, and I've been told it's possible, Bob Conway can confirm this after the service, that there have been those who have actually been able to get helicopters to the summit of Everest. It's very difficult. It's very dangerous. But if they were to take us at sea level, us Floridians, we might be two or three feet. I'm, I'm up on the this dais here, so um, I might be three feet above sea level max. If they were to take us to the top of Mount Everest and drop us off, we wouldn't last 60 seconds. Uh, I, I've watched a lot of shows about this whole thing. I mean, you go and you, you live at base camp for a month, and then you go up a little higher and come back down, then a little higher and come back down. Your body has to get used to it. And so there's a, a purifying, and Paul speaks of this, uh, in first Corinthians, th- this not a fire of judgment, but this purification of the believer, and at the last day, this transformation corruptible putting on incorruptible, so that we can become what God has created us to be fully and finally in Christ Jesus, third, all souls, both as an observance and as the name of this church remind us of the truth why on the earth why on earth would you name a church all souls it's kind of dark huh after the commemoration of the faithful depart it's sort of melancholy and dreary because it stands as this testimony well The first reason is I I heard the name and I just thought it sounded really cool. It was pretty shallow at first. Then as I thought about it, it it stands as this witness and this reminder that there is more to life than the here and now. There's more to life than this gross material plane. I mean, all souls stands... The fact that we have souls... It stands as this countercultural witness against materialism. I mean, in the increasingly naturalistic milieu that we find ourselves, the church stands and proclaims the gospel that there is indeed more. For if matter is all there is, then all that matters is matter. And if all that matters is matter, then nothing matters. You'll get that later this afternoon. But human beings, you are not the result of cosmic serendipity. You are not the result of a series of very fortunate accidents. Human beings are a psychophysical unity. They're comprised of body and soul. We were made in God's image to know Him and to see Him and to be united with Him. Therefore, since since that's the end for which we were created, then we should set our minds on things above, not on things that are on the earth, We shouldn't live for this present age, which which is but a vapor. But we should be oriented towards the blessed age to come. As our Lord said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? So it's all Souls reminds us who we are and whose we are and the reason that we were created. And so we have this choice day by day. Are we going to be like the rich fool and, and look at our, our savings account? He looked at all the stuff he had. His barns were full of grain. And he said to his soul, eat, drink, be merry where the Lord said to him, thou fool, tonight your soul is required of you. Instead, we should follow the example of the mother of our Lord in, in her song. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Finally, all souls and the requiem we celebrate today, it grounds us in hope. We, we grieve for those we've lost. But we don't grieve as those without hope. We have this hope that we will see again our brothers and sisters in Christ whom have died. In the kingdom of God, goodbye is not final. Do you know what the word goodbye means? It's a contraction. It means, God be with you. And if God is with those whom we love, and they are with him, then one day we will be with them again too in the kingdom. That's our hope. And every, every um, aspect of the Christian life Uh, Every Eucharist, of course, every funeral, every requiem grounds us in the hope of the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. It, It grounds us in that hope which has been secured by the crucified and risen Jesus, who by his death trampled down death. And offers to us, not just in the hereafter, but but right now, life in Him, and hope of life in the age to come. I heard a a theologian once uh, being interviewed and talking about heaven and the the, the hereafter, which. He says is of course, important in the hope of the resurrection. Um, but, but he said, we're, we're so interested uh, in going to heaven after we die. He's like, I'm actually interested in getting to heaven before I die. And what he meant is the relevance of the gospel uh, here and now and, and walking with Jesus uh, and experiencing uh, eternal life uh, in this life even. So brothers and sisters, uh, it's, it's a joy that we get to celebrate our feast of title, our patronal feast, and so uh, and let us glory in the fact that we're able to commemorate our brothers and sisters in Christ, our, our family members, our, our people in our life whom we've loved and we've seen no longer, that we, we have the opportunity uh, rooted in the cross of Jesus Christ to commend them to the Lord, and let us be reminded of the truth And let us be anchored in hope. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.